This episode of the Travel Freedom Podcast is sponsored by World Nomads Travel Insurance. And if you are a non-US citizen, anyone else from around the world can pick up a 5% discount using our discount code WN5DP. But if you are in need of a travel insurance policy, if you are a US citizen or not, please head to our link, travelfreedompodcast.com slash worldnomads and click through to help supporting this podcast. Yep, every penny on insurance you spend will help us keep this podcast going. So do make sure you use our link rather than searching Google. And thank you very much for helping us out. This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Monday, we talk travel and money. Ultimate travel hacking tips and destination advice recorded on location. We also interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Money Mondays, episode 046. In this episode, we talk to Jason Will of Zipkick about outreach and product launches. And he explains some of his favorite methods for getting people on board with new product ideas. Please be passionate about the topic you are looking to discuss. Is that if you're going to reach out, don't send the sales pitch. Send something that you can connect on. If you know this person likes to talk about wine, ask for a wine recommendation. Talk to them like a normal person and have a real conversation with people, they will appreciate that way more than anything else and and take you seriously and actually be interested in what you have to say. Jason also reveals their new content strategy that's gonna be a massive benefit to bloggers. If somebody checks out with a hotel in Barcelona, we want to then integrate blogs directly from our Zipkick blogger community to be integrated in that confirmation page with their reservation to Barcelona. So we then show curated content for the location that somebody just booked. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is, of course, the afternoon because we never work in the morning. No, I'm always asleep. Yes, that's right. We're those sort of bloggers that like sleep in and then stay up really late. Yeah, staying up late is fun. But uh, it's news time. It's the It's the news. This is the news. Yes, our new website is up. It's up. Yes, travelfreedompodcast.com is now. It's got its own bedroom. Yep, it's a dedicated podcast blog. It has moved out of its $5 traveler home. And now it's got its own thing going. Babies are growing up. Yeah, it's so clean and shiny and it looks really cool. It really does look great. All of the show notes and episodes, they just integrate beautifully and it's going to make the user experience just so much better for you guys. So head on over, take a look and please let us know what you think. We would love to hear what you think about the new blog. Yeah, the one weird thing when we were trying to get a theme for this actually is that there's just not that many out there for podcasters. It's such a developing market because new people are starting podcasts all the time, but there's no theme to support them. So, you know, if you build themes, try building one for a podcast. That's got to be a good business plan. It's like barely any competition. So on Theme Forest, we had a choice of one. And fortunately, (laughs) it was really good. There's a couple of other people that have different podcast themes, but that one was really good anyway. And we're like, cool. We like using Theme Forest, so it's... 
the place we go to to get themes. Yeah, but if you're a developer, jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, get some going. But uh, speaking of products, in this episode, we are talking product launches. We, when we actually started this interview, we wanted to get some useful tips and content about building an app and how then to launch it. But the conversation got really drawn into launching stuff and we dropped all the building the app stuff. So I think we might try and... Yeah, maybe we'll do another episode on building apps. Yeah. But really, it's such a big topic that... It's really we'd complicated. Have, we'd have yeah. diluted the entire episode by trying to talk about both things. So although we might mention that we're going to talk about both things, this episode is really specifically about launching a new product or launching an app or launching anything, really. It's about networking and how to use that networking to launch things. It's about things that you really should include when you try to launch... Anything. Doesn't anything. have to be an app. Yeah. So anyway, we're talking to Jason Will from Zipkick, and you'll find out more at Zipkick in just a second. But uh, he's going to give you some awesome insights into just how they got their app off the ground and how they've built so much buzz around this massive launch that they're just about to have in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, let's do it. Yep. So today we are chatting to Jason Will, CEO and co-founder of the new travel app Zipkick. As a former traveling consultant, Jason realized that there was a severe need in the travel market for a personalized and intuitive travel booking system, one that gives you fast results and relevant results on a personal basis based on social demographics and purchase history and that sort of thing. Yeah, so Zipkick is aimed to reduce the amount of time you spend online by 99% booking all of your tours and stuff. That's a lot. So, yeah, that's a lot of time. It's going to cut down. So that sounds pretty good to us. So today we're going to talk about how this app could be a game changer for frequent travelers, how to think about producing your own app and some advice for launching new products. All right, Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Very now, you've been traveling around a lot. Where are you uh, at the moment? So I'm actually in Minnesota right now visiting family to detox right before the launch. And prior to that, spent a month in Europe and then just some travel here in, in California as well, where I live. Very, Very cool. Nice. We did hear that a little birdie told us, well, Mr. Scott Eddy, the birdie, told us that you might be going on a big road trip in the next couple of weeks as well. We're working out all the details right now. So, you know, we are planning a little something, but it's it's under wraps until we get this thing locked okay. in. Fair enough, fair enough. So we've heard you're a man of many colors. In fact, in many of the photos we see, you're wearing very colorful pants. I don't know if that's a coincidence, but uh, we're wondering what color pants you're wearing today. They are a shade of blue, but uh, I'm glad you noticed because, you know, it's, it's one of those things when it comes to fashion or, or anything else, you should always be unique and, and be yourself and, and stay true to who you are. And huh. for me, that's, you know, a representation of that. How many different colors pairs of pants do you have? A lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and even more so, you know, when you go to Europe and you get inspired by uh, the European style, even more so. I get into the spirit, so it, uh, well, it was very nice. You must have a big backpack to carry all of those around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I haven't quite figured out the packing stuff yet. So, you know, if you have any podcasts around best tips to pack, what to pack, I would absolutely love links to those. We actually travel carry-on only. We're completely nomadic and we travel carry-on only. So we can certainly give you some tips, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, I tried the carry-on only when I went to Europe. And I showed up with two carry-on bags. Everything was, I thought, perfect when I was about to leave from San Francisco airport. And then they told me that I was limited to 12 kilos of carry-on yeah. for international. And it just completely 
threw a wrench in all of my plans. I had something like 26 kilos because on a domestic US flight, you get 50 pounds, you know, which is roughly 20 kilos or whatever it is. And, you know, when they tell you 12 and they're not going to prove your bags and boy, it was, it was really something. Oh, we get used to those limits in Europe and Australia and such. It's like 10 kilos, seven kilos on some flights. It's crazy. We just hope people don't weigh our bags. Yes, and I haven't figured out the kilo game yet. I'm still stuck to these uh, <laughs> these pound increments, so we'll uh, we'll go with that for now. Units are confusing. <laughs> I understand. We get this Fahrenheit Celsius thing going on here as well. It's like 32 Celsius here today, and no one knows what we're talking about. <laughs> couldn't, tell you, couldn't tell you if that's sweatshirt weather or you know short weather. Let's it's say hot. it's hot. It's, it's hot. It's really hot. Awesome. Awesome. You will not need colored pants if you come here. You can walk around in your underwear. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's true European style, yes. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about Zipkick because that's yeah, part of what we want to ask here. you about today. What exactly is Zipkick? Can you give us like a rundown of the sort of features that people are going to be getting when this comes out? Sure. So we look at Zipkick as a personal concierge in your pocket in the sense that it's a mobile application that continues to learn how you like to travel. And, you know, really step back and think about that because the existing sites that we use and we have been using for a very long time, you're a new customer every time you come in and the recommendations that you're receiving are really based on two different things. It's frequency of that item being booked within the last 24, 48 hours, whatever the time period they set, or it's sponsored listings that are brought to the top of the search. So. You know, fundamentally, and you saw recently, I'm sure that, you know, Google was was talked about for um, manipulating is a strong word, but they were changing the order in which things show up on the first page. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is how search is being done pretty much across the board is that there is some sort of change to what the calculation should do based on other factors of, you know, advertising dollars and things like that. We're staying true to the search in the sense that we are only providing you with information that's relevant to you, unbiased, there's no advertisement, there's no sponsored listings that are, that are masking what it is that you should be seeing. And, and that's really kind of the core of, of what we believe in as a company is that transparency. So does this mean that if someone is, say, a budget backpacker, when they go on and use this every time, it won't start showing them four-star hotels? Because that pisses me off when they do that on Booking.com every single search is four-star hotels first. Or even with some of the search ones where you can't search by price, uh, price range. Yeah, some do stop you searching by price, but most of them let you do that. Most of yeah. But yeah, is that, that's the idea that even though you're not going to make as much commission out of a backpacker using your system, they will actually get search results that they want rather than four-star hotels. That's correct. And it's only going to get better over time, right? Because when you log in and you say, okay, my number one preference is lowest price, okay? And then you're willing to take something that's two stars and above or just has these amenities, if amenities are even something that uh, this individual cares about. It's strictly just taking that into account. And, you know, as you continue to book, we can look at the patterns of behavior on what it is that you are actually booking. 
So if you're not booking four-star hotels, then we're not going to continue showing those, even if they do show up in your original search. Yeah, that's going to make stuff so much quicker. And this claim of making it 99% quicker, is that really going to happen or is that marketing buzz? So there's actually a, a statistic that's thrown out and there's a lot of statistics thrown out, which, you know, some of them are good and, and some of them, you know, are questionable, but there was a I believe it was it was driven by Focusrite. It said that on average, it takes somebody 17 hours from the time they know their destination to the time that they actually make the booking. Mm-hmm. So you think about that for a second and you know, you probably don't spend more than an hour or two per day, but let's just say an hour per day. They're saying it takes you 17 days at an hour increment to book the trip even after you know the destination. That has nothing to do with the research or or anything else inspirationally to figure out the destination. So for us, we're automating all those checkboxes and scroll bars and sorting features. And we're also giving you, you know, suggestions along the way, depending on how we understand you like to travel. So it's just a a fundamentally much different process. What exactly does uh, the name Zipkick mean? So that was actually thrown out by originally, which was a third guy that we were planning to work on the company with about three years ago. And it was one of those random startup words that just really stuck. And we put it out to Mechanical Turk, which is a voting website where people pay, you know, cents for folks to, you know, issue their vote on on different topics. And unanimously, they picked Zipkick over four other names. And I'm almost embarrassed to even talk about the other names. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, it was one of those things where we put out five names, we described what the company was planning to do, and pretty much everything that we do, ultimately, we open it up to the public to get the feedback because we want our customers to be an integral part in, in what we're building. Yeah, That's this- a fantastic idea. I actually didn't know that that existed because there's so many times you'll come up with a name for something and you throw it out to your friends and family and they're like yeah of course that's great that's a great name and then it comes down to it you're like oh it was shit why did you tell us it was a good name like oh my god but throwing it out to the public who don't have to be nice to you in any way they could tell you that they're all shit that's the gift and the curse of friends and family, right? Is yeah. that they encourage you and, and they're so supportive and, you know, they want you to do well and they, and they see, you know, the light in a very dark tunnel, right? When you're trying to figure things out and you don't get the constructive feedback that you need. So you have to go to the public. You have to go to people that don't have some emotional attachment to you. And that's where you're going to get the real feedback. And, you know, as you talk to investors and, and other people that are doing this day in and day out for a living, they give you some real feedback. And that, to me, has been the most monumental piece of this whole thing is just receiving awesome feedback, but it's not easy to find. You need to really find the people that are willing to give you that raw feedback because you need it along the way to get better. Yeah, market research is hard. I mean, like we're working on various things and we're trying to think of ways to actually find out if these products or ideas are going to be popular with people when we launch them. So obviously you guys went through quite a lot of testing and market research yourself. What other things apart from getting the name checked did you go through? Is there like websites you used? What's your recommendations? We actually use TaskRabbit in San Francisco. And, you know, pardon me if things that I mentioned in San Francisco are like Narnia in the sense that it doesn't (laughs) exist anywhere but San Francisco. But, you know, a company TaskRabbit was something we used at the beginning. And we paid something like 15 or $20 to bring people in 
and bounce ideas off of them. And, and actually a significant amount of, of what we ended up deciding on and directionally in different elements of what ultimately turned out to be Zipkick was driven by those focus groups. So when somebody came in, we asked them for permission to record those. We had them sign waivers just to make sure that any pieces of information that we could use for future iterations of the actual uh, company itself. So there's a lot of different ways to do this. Surveys are not something that people gravitate towards unless they're being compensated. Otherwise, and even compensation, if it's below a certain threshold, it's not always the the best quality of of feedback. So focus groups and just kind of that in-person interaction, you can't really put a price on that. Yeah, but you think this is a San Francisco special or you reckon this is something we could get around the world? A lot of people listening to this show travel quite a lot and maybe they're not based in one place and be interested if the, this sort of service exists elsewhere, if, if you have any idea. And, and we talked about this before we got on the show today for a couple of minutes was, you know, Travel Massive. I'm a yeah. huge, huge proponent of Travel Massive. Ian, who started that, is, is a close friend. And, you know, that network of travelers, if you're trying to reach a, a really cool group of travelers around the world, they pretty much have every major city covered in the globe. So that community, I think, is the best place to start if you're doing anything travel related and you want feedback. But, you know, don't feel that that's the only place. Mechanical Turk, the the site that we use, for a few cents on the dollar, you can go ahead and put things out there for people to vote and, and compare that against the feedback that you're getting in person. So there isn't any one track that's predominantly better than the other. It's, it's really taking into account multiple different channels and, and bringing that together. Yeah, it's really interesting. And does that website, it sort of vets the people that are giving responses and makes sure they're in your target audience? Is that sort of the thing it does? Or? I believe that you were able to set some sort of standard for demographic parameters. If not, when we did this two and a half years ago, they most likely have caught on and, and since have integrated something like that. But even if it's not Mechanical Turk, there are a number of other sites where you know you can set however much you want to pay per response, two cents, five cents, 10 cents, very nominal amount, and get thousands of, of pieces of feedback you know, pretty immediately. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we're going to have to have a look at that. We've got a few product ideas up our sleeves. Not that I've got awesome. sleeves today because it's too hot. Too hot for sleeves. I've got product ideas somewhere. So that uh, definitely sounds like a really cool way to go and find stuff out. It's just so hard to get that objective opinion from people you know. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, just a real quick around the, the product side, what a lot of companies are doing now is they're actually getting their product in the hands of social media influencers, bloggers. So, you know, that's another thing is, you know, send four, five, six products to the people that you really trust that have an influence on social media that meet your target demographic and just send them to them and say, hey, I want raw feedback. Yeah, a whole bunch of bloggers just got GoPros in the mail, like the brand new GoPro, like the tiny, tiny little one. A whole bunch of bloggers were just like, oh my God, I just got a GoPro. And so they just sent it out to people who are influencers and they're just like, you know, run around with it. Someone had it like attached to their cat as it was like running around the house. But yeah, that's definitely what uh, businesses are doing. And and that's the way you have to do it because people are not going to pay for something unless either a friend recommends it or they read something or there's some sort of connection that puts a monetary value against it. And if you haven't established that with a product, especially in front of the individuals that have the influence over the community you want to reach, you have to get the product in their hands and that's got to be at a free number because otherwise you're not going to be able to acquire these people. And these are the anchors that are most likely going to adopt early. 
Yeah, and having that real influence and those people really believing in what you're doing. I know we spoke to Natalie Sisson, who uh, is the suitcase entrepreneur, and she's got quite a few large products. And she had the same thing when she set up her project with crowdfunding. What's that crowdfunding With Kickstarter. She actually developed the whole product from day one with people who actually had a vested interest because they put money into it and influenced how the product came out, that sort of thing. It's just, it's a great way of doing it and making sure your target market is there before you even release. I was just going to say, uh, Zipkick as well has teamed up with a, a whole bunch of travel bloggers as well. So how are you guys hoping to use us bloggers to, to promote Zipkick? So there are a lot of things that we're working on for the travel blogger community. And, and you know, before, and we can get into the, the whole story, I'm sure that could be an episode in itself, but the whole process of recruiting Scott Eddy was to lead that charge and just the strength of his relationships help propel us to have the the opportunity that we have today with the the travel blogger community and you know from from that we've then you know taken those relationships and tried to open up doors on behalf of that community so what does that mean in the future we would like to do some sort of traveling credit program okay yeah, that's cool. And, and a lot of travel bloggers get entitled to that stuff anyways. So that's one piece if that's of interest to folks. And, and we'll find that out as we continue to have the conversation around what does it take to motivate the community? Because it isn't always monetary. It could be we have a friend that owns a portable Wi-Fi company. So, you know, getting access when you're traveling in remote areas is something that's really cool for other people. Another thing that we're looking into right now to implement by the end of the year, and again, this is highly dependent on the two-way conversation with our community, but we want to look into when somebody checks out and, and let's say they're going to Barcelona. If somebody checks out with a hotel in Barcelona, we want to then integrate blogs directly from our Zipkick blogger community to be integrated in that confirmation page with their reservation to Barcelona. So we then show curated content for the location that somebody just booked. And that's really cool because then the bloggers get qualified traffic of somebody who is going to that location and they're most likely to click on it because that's the most valuable piece of real estate, which is the confirmation page. Because that not only gets shown within the application, but then an email goes out subsequently with that information attached and showcasing the blogger content. So everything that we do, whether or not that it, it directly impacts Zipkick from a monetary standpoint, that is not the premise of how we make decisions. It's 100% around the value that we're creating, not only for the customer, but also the community around us. Yeah, that's a great way of looking cool. at it because, yeah, if people see the value in it and they see you're not just trying to squeeze every last cent out of them, yeah. then it definitely makes people a bit more open open to the new ideas i suppose feel like they're part of a community perhaps definitely yeah and the both of you know this how often do you get hit up for free work oh god <laughs> all, all the, time. the time this is the number one thing that every single influencer podcaster travel blogger anything that you do and produce content in travel this is the number one complaint that every single person has okay so if i can't compensate you directly with money then I better be working my tail off to open up as many doors of opportunity for you that drive value. It may not directly translate into dollars that you're getting paid, but you get more traffic, 
You get more access to test new devices that could really enhance your travels. You get partnerships and other opportunities to open up doors that you didn't think were possible. So it just makes your ability to travel that much easier. So that's what companies should be focusing on. If they can't compensate, you don't ever ask somebody to do something for free. That's insane. No, I mean, that's and that's a problem with the sort of, I guess, the creative side. So I guess people who write, people, like you said, people do podcasts. Musicians. Musicians. Like you would never have your plumber come around and fix your sink and be like, thanks, oh, come man. On. You love I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell some people that, you know, you did a great job. Yeah, I want a free gig. Yeah, you, you pay your plumber in some way. So, yeah, it's quite funny. Yeah, just, it's one thing that's never made sense. And even the travel bloggers I reached out to before landing Scott Eddy, as soon as I reached out, I could tell immediately that the sentiment was, this is another person trying to get me to do free work. And that is the complete opposite of what I would ever ask somebody in this community. Because once you get labeled as somebody who's just trying to, you know, extract free content from people... They don't want to do business with you. And that's yeah. just a really terrible way to do business in general. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about how you did manage to get Scott onto your team. So we had a chat to him. It was back in episode 12 when we had Scott on our episode. And he was just saying then that he had just arrived in San Francisco to be the brand ambassador for Zipkick. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you managed to get him on your team? So that's a whirlwind of a story. And, and a lot of people are probably going to hardly believe that it's true. But, you know, keep in mind that we had pretty much all the components for a team prior to Scott for the technical side and, and everything else that we needed to get the product done. But what we really didn't have was this big splash capability. And if you don't have an in-house influencer on your team, it's very hard to get at the relationships that are going to open up doors in the go-to-market side of things. So what we realized at a, at a certain time before reaching out to Scott Eddy, you have to build a community around whatever it is that you're doing in order to then leverage the relationships that you have collectively. And what ended up happening was I was staying up all night just racking my brain around how to do this. And I figured, you know what, I'll tweet to a handful of people. And I had something like 600 followers at this time which nowadays I look back on that and I'm like, oh my goodness, I was the 600 follower guy at one point. And <laughs> everyone was. Right. And, you know, of course, knowing my personality, reached out to, you know, a guy that had, I think at that time, 500 or 600,000 followers. And I'm like, all right, I'll tweet this guy. You know, it's only like a 10,000 X from where I was at. So I reached out to Scott at 318 in the morning Pacific time. And it said something like, you know, calling travel bloggers, willing to do exclusive content, and then tagged a few people. And it pretty much took up the entire tweet, just tagging different handles in the, in the post. And it was crazy. I got back a response almost immediately from Scott. And he had 10 times the following of anybody else that was on these tweets. And it was like, what does this entail? Let's jump on a Skype call. And that's Scott Eddie's thing is that within 24 hours, oh, totally. he wants to jump on a Skype call. He wants yeah. to get you face to face to really vet you out because- He tweeted you know, us and was like, I want to come on your podcast. Let's Skype. And we're like, what? Yes. And that's just his mentality, right? Yeah. And we jumped on a Skype call and the only other way that I could describe just the energy that we both had in that conversation was, you know, comparing it to basically kids separated at birth. Okay. <laughs> we, we talked the same way. We had the exact same mentality for how we form relationships. We had the exact same drive and, and passion as far as, you know, wanting to make a big impact, especially on an industry that 
has lacked a lot of innovation over the last couple of decades. And it was one of those things where we knew right away that this was something that we both had wanted equally. And it was about 13 days later, we had flown him one way from Bangkok to San Francisco, contract signed and everything. And we're the type of guys that when we know that something has come across our plate that we have to capitalize on, there's no reason to take weeks to figure it out. We knew pretty much within about 72 hours that we were going to do business together. And I'm guessing you must have as much of a love of wine as Scott Eddie has because I just don't think he'd work with anyone that doesn't love wine. It's funny because we've, we're now up to over 100 bottles you know, back home. And it's something that we definitely share in common. You know, I never have to ask him twice to go to wine country. And <laughs> you know, it's, it's not just to drink the wine. It's obviously you know, also for him to get the content and things like that for his followers. But yeah, we, just, we share so many things in common. And you know, he's just a very, very special individual. It's a complete game changer, not only for our company, but we're hoping that it's going to set a precedence for how other early stage companies view taking their companies to market, which is bringing in not only the social media influencer to really build your community around, but what they mean to the language of your brand online, offline, and the relationships that you can form through partnerships or building the community or whatever it is, this person becomes the face and the name behind a lot of the go-to-market stuff. And, you know, I think CEOs think that that has to be them all the time, but it can be a shared effort. And I'm more than happy to share that effort because, you know, the passion, the drive and the sincerity is all there. So does that mean like if you guys do actually nail down this this road trip extravaganza, does that mean you're going to have to find someone to be a designated driver for you guys? So I drive over 90% of the time, just FYI, so Scott can get content out the window. And it's it's similar to- you know, content. content, content. Yeah. Love this concept. <laughs> oh, it's all, it's all about content, right? And what's funny is, is that I try to suggest different content things to him and then he'll look at me and won't say anything. And I know what that means. That basically means that that was a terrible suggestion and I don't want that content. So over the course of time, you start to see, you know, from the Scott Eddy lens of what good content is. And, you know, I've tried to integrate that into my own, but, you know, nobody does it like him. Come on, let's be serious. No, he's got that nailed down. That's for sure. So have you seen the new videos with the music background? Have not, no. So somebody sent him a GoPro with like the most intense selfie stick to go with it. And now he makes these videos and puts uh, music in the background and it's, it's really something to see. Oh, so, he did mention that he did one across the San Francisco bridge the other day, which we've been meaning to have a look at. And then he did another one during 4th of July and now this is his thing, creating these videos. And I think it actually started when he was in the uh, Dominican Republic. So check those out if you haven't, they're, uh, they're really something. We will definitely make sure we put the links in the show notes so people can go check them out. Cool. So have you got any more tips for people who can't get Scott Eddie on their team? If someone's looking for a different influencer, is it literally you just tweet out and hope for the best? Or is there another way to get people on your side? Realistically, you're not going to probably land a Scott Eddie. But that doesn't mean you should be discouraged. Okay. It's about finding somebody who speaks the same voice of your brand. So the number one tip that I could give to anybody looking to even connect with a social influencer is if you're not on Twitter, you better get on Twitter and you better start using Twitter ASAP and follow the conversation for the things that are around whatever it is that you're doing. So 
you know, for us, we wanted somebody who was very visible, had a ton of engagement, and that doesn't have to be somebody who has over 600,000 followers. It has to be somebody who has the attention of detail and just, you know, they, they have the respect for people online the same way they do offline. If I'm talking to you in person or I'm talking to you through a, a tweet conversation, those conversations should be exactly the same. And Scott Eddy, he embodies that in everything he does online and offline. And for us, that's what we gravitated towards. So find somebody who represents your brand and your brand identity in the sense of how they communicate with people and just their professionalism on how they handle themselves online and how they handle themselves offline. And as long as that aligns with your brand, go for it and, and tell them that. Tell them the reason why you want to work with them is because you see how closely aligned they are to what it is that you're trying to do. Not that you're trying to get them to do something for free or no, that's not the purpose. A lot of people need more than just monetary compensation to feel that it's, it's something they want to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, true. You've got to be a bit passionate about what you're doing, of course. That's really important to all of us, especially as travelers. That's like really important to us. So, okay, so you've got yourself someone who's going to help promote you on social media. You've done lots of market testing. You know that your product is something that people actually want and you've got supporters. And when it's coming to this point where you're actually going to put it out there and launch it, how are you going to, like, have you got other ways to make sure everyone comes on and uses it? How do you get it out to a wider audience? Are you using traditional media adverts? What else would be part of your launch campaign? So just to set the precedence of, you know, how we work with the community around us, we do not tell anybody in the community to do anything or do we tell them how to write something or we don't direct them on anything relating to content. And I think that's really key to think about because we want everything that we do to be very natural. And we're normal people that are trying to make a change in an industry that we're extremely passionate about. So that energy and the sincerity needs to shine through on whatever it is that we're doing. So we're working on a cross-country road trip right now, and hopefully we can, we can talk a little bit more about that in the coming weeks. And that is our way to engage with people in person and have real conversations and connect with travel bloggers along the way, different radio shows, different events that are sponsored by the, the partner that we're planning to work with. And you know, along the way, we also want to get involved in, in charity events and, and other things like that as well, because at the end of the day, it's not all just around the business and promoting the business. It's around promoting good people coming together to try to make an impact. That's the thing at the end of the day that, you know, means more to us than anything else is just connecting with people that understand that it isn't all about the dollars and cents off of every transaction. It's around the value that we create as people. And that is what's gonna carry us through these different you know, opportunities that we're pursuing is enabling the community to write about us hopefully and talk about us and, and really feel connected to what we're doing. And then go see people you know, across the country and, and really connect with them in person and have real conversations. So everything we're doing is, is being done from a very genuine perspective 
And, you know, you'll see in, in other ways that we plan on getting involved, that's going to hold true. Mm. Yeah. I think already the community has been growing, even just with the Zipkick bloggers. We've all, you know, joined in on Twitter chats together and we've all followed each other on different social media, especially being Twitter. And we're now actively just sharing each other's stuff and getting involved with, you know, the, the people who we may not have had a lot of involvement with before. So this community, uh, even just with the bloggers, is already forming. You can definitely see it happening. And, and hopefully you're seeing that not only from the blogger's perspective, but you know my own personal account. I'm not a travel blogger, right? But I want to represent good content. And the reason why we selected the people to be part of the Zipkick blogger group is because they produce really awesome content and they're super cool people. And you know that's something where any one of the travel bloggers that we've you know decided to work together with we could go sit down in any place anywhere that we're traveling around the globe we can go have a beer together we can chat travel we can just chat about life and be normal people together and and that's something that's just really special that all of us really have collectively we all share that same idea of how we treat each other yeah it's face-to-face interaction is so powerful every time we go to a conference and meet up with other people you know we make these relationships and then we want to work together in the future with these people it's uh it's just it's the foundation stone for really good business i yeah, think yeah you can't just sit in your little office and and think and you're gonna make emails. it big it, it really is a lot of like it's that old saying of like it's not what you know it's who you know and that still stands true today in a lot of different yeah. fields like it's the knowing people that definitely will project you to a different level and you don't really know someone from just an email no. Which is why Scott gets on Skype every time he speaks to someone. Yeah, he's like, it's, I'm going to talk to you. It's a great strategy and it's something we should probably implement more. We should definitely use some more FaceTime with people yeah. when we're talking about working with them. Yeah, great. Okay, well, that's some really, really cool tips towards helping people build a buzz and getting some launching going. We wanted to ask you a couple more questions before we wrap up the interview. Firstly, I'm interested to know, like, because it's been at least two and a half years, you said, like the process. That's correct. Yeah, so it's been a long process going from sort of conception to actually releasing this app. If someone was to ask you, like, you know, has it all the work been worth it? Like, before you actually launch and know if it's going to be a massive success, do you think it has been worth it? So nobody will ever tell you how much work it is to start a company. And again, that's where, you know, kind of the naive nature of of being a first-time entrepreneur comes in. And, you know, at the beginning, we thought every idea was great. And then you start getting feedback and then you start changing. And the pieces of, of feedback and, you know, the lessons learned along the way is don't feel so strongly about your idea that you're not willing to change along the way. Every single good idea that has actually turned into something monumental. I mean, even if you take a look at the history of a, of a smashing success like Instagram, it didn't even start off as Instagram. It started off as something completely different. And then it was a completely different name that was a terrible photo sharing app. And then they came up with the idea of Instagram and completely changed it. And that's what the process that a lot of companies go through. And we went through the same thing. We had more of a Airbnb style concept at the very beginning with some principles that have carried on all the way through to what Zipkick is today. But we were not willing to compromise on a couple different things. And those things were the user experience and being able to book directly with us on our app. And if you take a look at a lot of the travel sites that exist, they are meta searches that push you to a third party to check out. And we would not compromise on that because 
I don't want to be pushed to a third party. I'm coming to you because I like the way that your site looks. I like the way that your customer service works. I like the way that, you know, this, this feels. I like the identity. That's why I'm there with you. Why would you then push me to a third party to make the most critical piece of the chain come true, which is the transaction? So, yeah. you know, that took us a long time. We, we knocked on 17 different doors across the entire world to try to find a company that would work with us. And nobody took us serious. And that didn't discourage us. That made us work even harder to get closer to that yes. So, you know, something like that, that took a lot longer than we had anticipated. We actually built out the entire technology for flights at the beginning. That took us a year to build out the technology for flights after we qualified the idea. And then we scrapped flights and went to hotels, which then took, you know, another six months to get off the ground. So these things take time. But if you're not willing to make that monumental change, I mean, think about this. You implement flights and you have flights working and you have the ability to start selling flights literally the next day or a week from now. And then you completely pull that whole thing out and then switch to hotels. A lot of people would tell you that's insane, right? Yeah, that's a bold move. That is a bold move, yeah. (laughs) A lot of people would tell you that's completely insane, but you have to be willing to do these things instead of forcing it because we knew it wasn't right. Like our gut instinct told us it wasn't right. The numbers didn't make sense. There were a lot of things that just didn't make sense. And that's fine. But once you realize that, you need to pivot and you need to pivot and do that with conviction. So, you know, these are some of the things that, yes, we've learned a lot along the way, but we've also learned that the travel industry as a whole, people have been doing business together for over 20 years. You have to earn the trust of the people in the industry. And if you don't have them on your side, it's fundamentally impossible to make it in this in this industry. Those relationships are everything everything. I don't care how hard you work on your product or anything else. If you don't focus on those relationships and making real relationships with people in the industry, you might as well just walk away now. Those are the things that are going to be your infrastructure to succeed. Yeah. And this is the same story we hear from almost every successful person we talk to. It's always down to those relationships they've built that help them make it. Yeah. It's those things that began over a you know, a beer or wine or a wine. <laughs> that one time you ran into such and such at that, I don't know, that travel massive party and you just walked up and said, hi, let's share and a beer together. And the next thing you know, you've got a business relationship going on. And you need to be open. I think a lot of people get overwhelmed and they shut their doors to new people and new conversations. And I even put it on my LinkedIn and, and I just pulled it up to make sure, you know, I, I said this properly. I put on here, please be passionate about the topic you are looking to discuss. That's all I ask is that if you're going to reach out and, you know, book time or want to connect on a topic, don't send the sales pitch. Okay. And again, you know, it's the same thing when you're a blogger and you get the email of, Hey, can you write me a free story? Don't send the sales pitch, send something that you can connect on. If you know, this person likes to talk about wine, ask for a wine recommendation. If you know this person's been to Romania, ask them the best places to see that are off the beaten path in Romania, right? Talk to them like a normal person and have a real conversation with people. They will appreciate that way more than anything else and and take you seriously and actually be interested in what you have to say. Yeah. Fantastic advice. That's really great. Okay, we've come to the end, but Megs has one last question, the question we ask everybody. Yes, it's a very special question. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. I'm literally hands on the chair, secured right now. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, if you could go back in time to the very beginning of the whole zip kick journey, 
What's one thing that you would do differently? Oh, boy. <laughs> I've learned so much along the way. You get one. You must oh, choose. Gosh. <laughs> I'm literally stumped for once in my life. I would say that I would have been a lot more visible to the public on social media from the very beginning and would have seen the value. Prior to starting Zipkick, the only social platform I used was Facebook. And Facebook is not the most open social media platform for you to meet new people and connect with them. So I'd say the probably the takeaway is, is that I would have been on Twitter and I would have been following the conversation and trying to build this community on my own without having to land somebody like Scott Eddy to enable that. It's a good tip. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's cool. a fantastic. Well, we're at the end. So if you would like to let listeners know when Zipkick is actually going to be officially released and where they go to actually get on it and use it. So you will see an announcement come in August, and uh, that is August of this year. We're not going to <laughs> wait another year to do this. <laughs> But you will definitely hear about it. And, you know, hopefully this uh, this road trip is is part of the way you find out about it. But we will uh, announce it on Zipkick.com. You'll obviously see it coming out from our, our accounts across Zipkick on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, and then also through the blogger community. So, you know, I, I highly encourage you to follow Zipkick, engage with us. Find out who are the travel bloggers that are part of the Zipkick community. And don't be afraid to reach out. We're, we're very normal people that want to have conversations and, and talk about travel. And uh, we're excited to hear from people. So don't wait for the launch. Get in contact with us now. And uh, you'll hear about it shortly. Perfect. Fantastic. Cool. Jason, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. So it's almost the end of the show. It is. It's travel homework time. And oh, we've got a big one for you this week. It is quite big, actually, but it's going to be a good, useful, productive one. Yeah. So we've just been talking about how the foundation of a successful launch is really about having the right people being 100% behind you. Yeah. There's always the most affordable way to do it as well, because instead of offering money and paying for some horribly expensive advertising campaign, you can offer them value in return. And that's what Zipkick are obviously doing. They're working with a lot of bloggers. They're creating a buzz by actually just working with people rather than working with money, which is cool. It's a, it's a really cool way of doing it. It's a real community way of doing it as well. Absolutely. So uh, this week's travel homework is going to be a two-parter. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a big one, so don't feel like you have to get it all done by Monday. Like, Yeah, you don't have to do it by next Monday. Don't turn your papers in straight away. No, start working on this and keep working on it for the next few months. So number one. Okay, we want you to start thinking about what product could relate to your brand and your audience. Like a product really that you well. could build. Exactly. If you don't have a large audience yet, that's okay. Think about who your target market is. Having a product, whether it be an app, a book, a course, private consultancy, you know, whatever it is that you choose, if you get the right product out there, it's going to give your revenue a really big boost. Yeah, and it could be a real passive boost as well. If you've got a good product out there, if you like an ebook, for example, is a good starter product because it's easy to do and it's a low value product, so it's not as hard to persuade people to buy it. But you know, it just sits there and it gets sold. You set up a system that sells it automatically on your website, bam. So yeah, number one, think about what you could do. Just really give it some serious thought. Pen and paper, this is a real, this is a big one. Big brainstorm Yeah, pen and paper. Yeah. Also, secondly, we want you to go out there and have a think about which influencers on Twitter would be a really good fit for your brand. You'd be really surprised, and we really honestly have been, but people who are massive influencers out there, even though they don't necessarily want to talk to everybody, 
if you have something that they're interested in or something worthwhile that aligns with them, they're going to be happy to respond to you. Yeah, the problem is they get emails and tweets from people all day who have really nothing to do with them. We do as well. We get random fucking tweets going, oh, you check know, out my, check my, vegan, out. my vegan thing. And like, we, we don't, we're not vegans. Why would we check out your vegan thing and why would we share it to our audience? We're not vegans. So they get that shit all the time, a lot more than we do, a lot more than you guys do. So that's why they sort of might have a bit of a defense up. But if you genuinely give them a cool pitch and you're really aligned with them and you're obviously aligned with them and you're not just pitching them because they're big, but because they're the right person to pitch, You'd be surprised the responses you get. We've been really surprised. Yeah. So don't be afraid to go out there and do it just because you haven't had positive responses from people yet, perhaps, or just because you just think, oh, shit, I shouldn't do it. Give do, it a go. Do. Go out and do it. Try and connect with some people and make sure whatever you're pitching, do a bit of research first. Make sure they are going to be the right person for you. So keep trying. Keep reaching out. Do not give up on that. And you may be surprised at what results you get in the end. Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at travelfreedompodcast.com. Join us again every Monday to learn how to supercharge your online income and travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback, so tweet us at mytravelfreedom. Or email info at travelfreedompodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. Catch us again every Monday on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye. 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 Bye.